0: All right, thanks to God, we're finally here. Uh, We're in chapter 22 of Revelation. Uh, 22 of Revelation, Behold, I come quickly. Amen. In our last session, uh, John was letting us know he saw the temple, the holy Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And the angel described him as the bride's wife. Amen. The holy temple coming down out of Jerusalem. And we shared some slides uh, that went along with that. And I'm going to share just a few of those to get us back uh, to where we were. Uh, Get the thought back before us. Amen. Certainly. Um, Let me get to my other screen here. Uh, and I can share with you what uh, they are just as I say what uh what John has what he's he's John is trying to describe the indescribable remember somebody my god and this is what many of the artists depict as they read uh John when he talks about the holy city uh, coming down out of heaven he man that stone um, it was described as a jasper uh, but when we looked back in revelation when we saw the lamb he was described as a Jasper and sardine stone in other words it was translucent every time you looked at it uh, the light reflected just a little different way and every time you turn it you would just get a different look just get a different look And as a matter of fact, I thought about that when I saw uh, this picture uh, on the Internet, and I thought it was uh, very close to what I would picture it to be, uh, that holy Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. All right. I wanted to share a few more things. Uh, I wanted to share. This is also um, kind of a statistic. Uh, A picture that uh, goes along with the um, measurements that we have from Bishop G.T. uh, Haywood, amen. Certainly, I'm going to share those uh, figures again with you uh, on uh, tonight. And um, we get this right out of the Bible. Uh, We are looking at a city, the Holy Jerusalem, what is 1,500 miles Uh, long, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles high. And as a matter of fact, uh, the way John describes it, this city, uh, it does not come and sit on earth. It hovers right over earth. Amen. And just as God and the angels are able to transcend, did you know that uh, God, the angels, and even Satan right now, (laughs) Can transcend heaven and earth. Amen. Uh, he comes down and tempts us to do the dirty deeds. And then he goes up and accuses us. Before God day and night. My God. What a low down dirty scoundrel he is. Alright. So that heaven is going to hover. That new Jerusalem is going to hover. Right above the earth. And we will be able to transcend. 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 From that new Jerusalem to earth, because after all, we're going to be keeping that Feast of Tabernacles. That's the last feast uh, in the seventh feast of Jehovah. All right. Uh, The tabernacle of God is with man. My God, what he had intended from the very beginning, he wants nothing more than a relationship with his people. All right. So we see here in um, this kind of helps in the diagram of um, the figures that Bishop uh, G.T. Haywood gave us. Uh, If we were to take that city and to cube it into one mile high, long, wide rooms. All right. That's a good picture to keep in mind. All right. If we were to place it over. Uh, the United States we have a mass we have a mass now also I want you to remember this is also the size of the new uh the new earth and the new heaven are all the same size all right the new heaven and the new earth they're all the same size if I were to set it over the United States we have a land mass that would uh reach Uh, I think some of the UP might be missing that the tip of, of Michigan all the way down to the tip of Florida, uh, and to the tip of Texas. Now, if you think about this, this is a new heaven and a new earth for the former things are passed away. Um, God is the one that can use fire to destroy one and perfect another. He said, every man's work is going to be tried by fire to see what sort it is. All right, so wood, hay, and stubble are going to be consumed on, somebody. But gold, silver, and then he says, precious Jews, and we use the uh, diamonds as an example. They are perfected, that same heat. He can destroy one and perfect another. And at the end of the millennial reign, when Satan is loosed and those gather together, he gathers up a, a group to uh, again, rebel against God. Remember somebody, my God, after all the things that he had done, he gathers a group to rebel against God. They come and march against the holy city and God sends down fire. And in that same burning process, he destroys one and perfect another. So I said all of that to say this new perfected land mass is five times uh, of the capacity of the earth today. Now, when we looked at that statistic, 71% of the earth's surface is water. Now, if we would just think about it, if I would go all the way to the top of the UP, and go all the way down to Texas. Think about how much water is in that landmass. And what would happen if I got rid of all of the water? And the Bible says, and there was no more sea. Remember somebody? So now I have an earth surface that's five times larger in its capacity to hold and to sustain life. And that's exactly what's going to happen. All right. And if we put that same uh, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles deep, 1,500 miles high over Jerusalem. And remember in Ezekiel's uh, prophecy, he talked about a temple that was so big, it was going to extend down to Egypt. It was going to go all the way over to Iraq. Uh, past the Euphrates River. It was going to extend to the north. And we certainly can see that land, that footprint. If we were to put it over, that red area in the center is where Jerusalem is. All right. So if we were to put that 1500 by 1500 by 1500 um, outline over uh, the Middle East, this is what it would look like. It is a massive, 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 and that's what Ezekiel saw, uh, a massive uh, temple. All right, now we're going to share some of the statistics that Bishop Haywood uh, shared with us, and I wanted to put this down in writing because me just reading it, and I think I I um, stumbled over it quite a bit. I'm not used to reading uh, uh, figures so high. My bank account haven't got that high yet that I'm reading in the billions and and millions. So um, it was a little bit overwhelming to me. But it says, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Amen. Do you love him? My God. All right, so that city measures 12,000 furlongs long. Amen. Uh, it's the same in length, in breadth, and in height. They're all equal. And there's a eight furlongs equal a mile. All right. So if we were to take it uh, and put it all together, that 12,000 furlongs, that second bullet bullet point, The holy city is 1,500 miles each way, all right? 1,500 miles uh, wide, 1,500 miles deep, 1,500 miles high, all right? And as we looked at the previous slide, it's roughly the distance from the UP all the way down to the tip of Florida, the southern tip of Florida, all right? The city has 12 foundations, Uh, Twelve floors, each separated by a distance of one hundred and twenty-five miles. That's a um, that's a a pretty uh, that's a pretty high distance (laughs) between one floor and the next floor. All right, and just to think about it, uh, the natural eye can see approximately uh, three miles if if you were approximately five foot tall. And you were to just look out. uh, The natural eye can see um, three miles on a clear day. And if you have 20/20 vision, that don't that only means that you got perfect vision at 20 feet away. All right. So, uh, but the natural eye, if you're looking straight out, the maximum distance approximately is about three miles, and certainly. Uh, the earth bends for every mile. The earth bends, you know, the earth is a fear, a sphere. Uh, it's not flat, it's round. And the earth's surface bends eight inches for every mile. Every mile. Uh, I'm remembering back in my uh, consulting days, and I went to plain old Texas. And uh, when I got there, I know why they called it Plano. <laughs> Plain old Texas. I was in a high rise building. Uh, most of the time when I look out over water, um, you don't see to the other side of the, uh, to the other landmass. You just see the water just kind of ends. It just kind of rolls over. I was in a high rise building uh, in Plain old Texas. I can't remember what floor I was on, but I was on a high floor and I was down there for some training And Texas is very flat, very flat. And that was the first time uh, that I'm in a building and I'm looking and that's all I see is flat land, flat land. And it was weird to see the earth. I'm normally looking at water and um, uh, it was just weird to see the earth actually roll over. (laughs) So you will not be able to see with the natural eye, the next floor up. Uh, As I say, we can only see about three, about three um, miles. Uh, But if we're looking uh, at this, there's a distance of 125 miles between foundations. My goodness. So you couldn't even look up and see the next level. All right, there are no elevators, there are no stairwells. All right, we will be equal unto the angels. Uh, I have Revelation 22 8 and 9. Everybody should have your Bible. Revelation 22 8 and 9. John got excited and began to worship the angel that showed him the, the revelation. He said, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant. Amen. So we're fellow servants with the angels. Come on somebody. My God. And in in the... uh, um, the Bible tells us to be careful because we can entertain angels unawares. (laughs) My God. So uh, they can be with you in your bedroom, be with you on your job, and you didn't see them when they came or when they left. My God. So we will be just like the angels. We will be able to think and and navigate uh, this uh, holy city Without elevators, without stairs, without effort. Come on, somebody. And and listen, I'm only describing the undescribable. I don't know what that travel will be like. Some people said, you'll just think it and you'll be there. My God. But I know that is going to be a day of rejoicing. And the Bible said, and so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air. All right, those that have uh, able to do screenshots, that's a good one to take, uh, take a screenshot. People have shared with me some screenshots that they were able to take um, during these Bible sessions and it came out, came out very clear, I was impressed myself. All right, what else did uh, Bishop uh, Haywood leave with us? Uh, on the left it says, in my father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. We find that in John 14 and 2. All right. He said, now, if the Holy Jerusalem were divided into rooms, and that's why I showed you the gold um, picture of the cube, the the Holy Jerusalem being uh, sliced up in cubes, uh, if you did them in one mile length, one mile high, and one mile long, it would contain $3 three hundred and seventy five million rooms three billion three hundred and seventy five million rooms can you imagine that and we're talking about a room that is one mile long one mile wide and one mile high that's that's a whole lot bigger than the living room Whole lot bigger than the kitchen, whole lot bigger than the family room. My God, 3,375,000,000 rooms, all right? Each room containing the space about one cubic mile, all right? So you have that statistic. The next one, he said, um, people were talking about, you know, when we get to heaven, we're going to go sweeping through that city. Well, we will definitely have to have those glorified bodies. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been uh, all day, and I I haven't walked a mile yet today. <laughs> and if I'm if I'm going to go sweeping through that city, uh, we're gonna have to get around a whole lot more efficiently. All right. So uh, the other statistic that he shared that if we were to go through the city, spending one hour in each room for 24 hours a day. He said, at the end of 6,000 years, all right, at the end of 6,000 years, all right, we will have visited 52,570,560 rooms, all right? Can you imagine? If we were to go through that city and just spend one hour, one hour in each room, we did that 24 hours a day, and uh, we did it for 6,000 years. Wow. 6,000 years. We will have visited 52,570,000. 560 rooms. All right. Leaving us how many left that we haven't even touched? 3,322,529,440 rooms yet to be viewed. My goodness. You're talking about sweeping through the city. (laughs) That's a whole lot of sweeping. That's a whole lot of sweeping. But then then again, we'll have these glorified bodies. And I'm sure heaven is going to be something. uh, And John used a lot of metaphoric uh, language to describe the indescribable. And I'm sure to behold it. You know, um, uh, you know, Whatever we read and whatever we articulate will not do it justice. Amen. All right. Um, Ephesians 2 and 7. You all know when he said in Ephesians 2 and 1, You hath he quickened, which were what? We were dead in trespasses and in sins. But God, come on, somebody. A people that were no people. My God, he made a people unto himself. We were dead. We had no hope. We had no future. Come on, somebody. My God. And you have a which were dead in trespasses and sins. But God, who is rich in mercy. Then he picks it up in verse seven, Ephesians two and seven, that in the ages to come, that he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Oh, I want to see him. I want to look upon his face. Come on, somebody there to sing forever of his saving grace. All right. So Bishop Haywood said, let's look again. He thought at, uh, for a while that uh, the 1,500 miles um, wide and the 1,500 miles long and the 1,500 miles uh, high was a bit small for the saints. But when you begin to chop it up and uh, digest it and articulate it, it blows your mind. All right. So he says to be confined to the city alone would be sufficient to absorb eternity. Uh, but that's not all. All right, there were those three gates to the north, three gates to the south, three gates to the east, three gates to the west. All right, so when we're done beholding the things of the city, we are free to soar out of any one of those gates and behold the handiwork of God. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? My God. And the Bible says that we're gonna be kings and priests with him. David is going to uh, get the new earth. He's gonna rule there. But what about the others uh, that have suffered with him? What about Isaiah and Ezekiel and John and all of these? Uh, Do you believe that they will be given uh, galaxies to rule? Come on somebody, my God. And as I was saying um, in a, a pastor's uh, Bible study class, Bishop Herman was teaching. And he was talking about the universe expanding. And one of these days I'll find that scripture and we'll dissect it even more. And then he was asking the question, well, if the universe is expanding, what is it expanding into? Eyes have not seen. Ears haven't heard; neither has it entered into the heart of man. Come on, somebody—we can't even fathom it. What God has prepared for them that love Him, Amen. We have seven thousand years of the first day, seven thousand years of the second day, seven thousand years of the sixth day in which we're living in right now. And when the Lord come, when and we'll go into uh, the seven thousand year of the seventh day. All right. And then seven times seven is forty nine. All right. And after that will come Pentecost. That would, that's what Pentecost is. Fifty. All right. And when that comes, it will be 50,000 years of God dealing with those thoughts that he have concerning you i on somebody. My God. And Bishop Haywood says in his writing, that will be a Pentecost of Pentecost. And what happens after that? Only God knows. Amen. The Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air. I don't know about you, Saints, but just looking at this gets me excited about my future. Gets me excited about what God has in store for each and every one of us. You have the statistics, uh, the measurements, uh, the figures here, uh, those that are not able to take the screenshots. We will certainly get those uh, to you so you will have them. All right. And so we're going to go now into uh, let's go to Revelation 22. Pick up where we left off. Revelation 22. There was a question that was asked um, uh, via email. Uh, And the question was, is there any description of the new earth? Now, we've uh, read a lot about the new heaven, the holy city, the new Jerusalem that's coming down. Uh, We talked about the height of it, the width of it, uh, the length of it, how many rooms, if it were divided, the gates. We talked about the different levels and the precious um, uh, stones, gems, jewels that uh, John described, um, but we didn't have much on the new earth. All right. So the, the question was, was there any description of the new earth? All right. So what we have is what we have studied already as far as the new earth goes. Now, Solomon's rain uh was a type of the new earth and certainly the millennial reign when god set up his kingdom on earth that was a type of the new earth all right we talked about how great uh solomon's uh kingdom was the queen of sheba she said i have heard uh, about you uh solomon and i've heard about the uh, your ministers and uh, I heard about uh, the tenants of all of your, um, uh, those at work and minister in this kingdom. But she said the half have not even been told. All right. Well, that kingdom ended in rebellion. All right. Next to that, in a temple that was greater, than that was the millennial reign. When God set up his kingdom on earth. All right, what did he do? Well, he restored health and welfare and uh, um, uh, the, the land yielded its strength. He, he restored peace even among the animal kingdom. Uh, he uh, said that the child would stick a hand into the, the, the cockatrice nest, uh, the, the venomous snake den, and the, and the snake won't harm it. Uh, the lion and the lamb are going to eat grass together. Come on, somebody. A child that dies at the age of uh, 100 will be considered a baby. The average lifespan will be about a thousand years old. My God. So, uh, next to the new earth, this was the best description of heaven. Actually, as a matter of fact, it, is, it was heaven on earth. What remained? Uh Death was subdued, but it was not eliminated all right, and we'll see that uh when um a Satan was loosed after the thousand years. Well, what did he do? He threw Satan, death, and hell into the lake of fire God God's Gehenna, his burning place, his garbage can, if you will, all right, so during that kingdom on earth. Uh, all of that. He did all of that. on, somebody? Yet uh, the evil heart of men. Death was not uh, gotten rid of, but it was subdued. And the evil hearts of men. My God remained. And what happened? He loosed Satan. on, somebody? And what did they tell God? You were forcing your religious views on us. <laughs> we we didn't want to we didn't want to you know we didn't want the those fields that you know as soon as you plant you know you you plant a row of corn and you got to call for the reapers because corn you got six feet of corn behind you we didn't want the earth when you plant uh grapes you can call for the the crushers uh you didn't it didn't have the vine ripen anymore as soon as you planted it it came the earth yielded its strength just now it's time to crush it come on somebody my god and the Feast of Tabernacles that you observed every year. We read about that. Uh, the families that did not come up would be accursed. Families that did not honor God. He said he was going to establish his temple at the, at the top of the mountain. And the people would say, we're going to go with you. <laughs> My God, uh, there won't be no this church in that denomination. This There's only one thing going. All right. And they are required every year. Uh, to observe the Feast of Tabernacles, Sahat. Amen. Uh, We're going to tabernacle with God. And at the end of that, they're going to say, well, you know what? You were forcing your religious beliefs on us. We, We didn't want it, no way. Satan was loosed. He had no problem because of the evil hearts of men. My God. Getting up a crew that will will rebel against God. So what was the end of the millennial kingdom? Rebellion. My God. Uh, Rehoboam, uh, in his rebellion, caused the divided kingdom. Every kingdom, uh, Nimrod, back in in, uh, Genesis. Nimrod, that's what it means. We will rebel. It ended in rebellion. Solomon's ended in rebellion uh the millennial reign god's kingdom on earth what did it end in with rebellion what will this last beast empire end with <laughs> yeah. rebellion rebellion uh they're going to rebel against god all right so um this describes uh, if you look at the millennial millennial reign, God sets up His kingdom on earth. Um, the new earth will be just like it. it. Although death will be subdued, there will be no more death. All right, and all the evil hearts of men uh, will been, have been burned up. Amen. So all of those things we look to uh, describe um the new um earth or the millennial kingdom are attributes or a pattern or a type of the new earth that god brings it will not have death it will be abolished and the evil hearts of men will have been gone all right and david will be handed the throne and he will serve as their king and uh, that scripture reference reread that king was in a lowercase k because there's only one king of kings, but David is going to be king and rule over the new earth and over Israel forever and ever. You all remember Solomon? Uh, David told Solomon, don't you mess this thing up. <laughs> My God. He said, "There, sh- there, sh- there shall not fail thee said he, a man upon the throne of Israel. And God tells David, David, a promise made is a promise kept. I'm handing over to you a brand new earth and you're going to serve as king over Israel forever. What I intended from the very beginning. My God. Now remember, Um, he uh, came to his own and his own received him not. This is what was his intention from the very beginning. He came to his own. Now, if they didn't reject him, we wouldn't have him. But in the foreknowledge of God, now God, I I don't think anything catch, I know nothing catch God by surprise. He came to his own. We were considered dogs, amen, came to his own, and his own received him not. But in the foreknowledge of God, he spoke and said, and other sheep I have that are not of this pasture, I must bring also. Remember somebody, my God, in the foreknowledge of God, he said, I came in my father's name and you didn't receive me. But what did he say? There's going to be one come in his own name, and him you will receive. In the foreknowledge of God, he said, I'm going to leave to you your house desolate until you say, Blessed be him that he that come in the name of the Lord. And that's better known as the Feast of Atonement. When they see him coming, come on, somebody with his army, his bride. My God, they're gonna realize "Mm, we missed him. And they're gonna long for him and well for him as a parent for an only child. And he's gonna pour out grace and supplication upon them. Amen, they're going to repent and turn to him and God is going to save them and place them on the new earth. We talked about two different classes of people. Goes back to what he told Abraham. Abraham, can you count the stars? Now think about the, um, the holy city hovering over the new earth. Abraham, can you count the stars of the sky? No, so shall thy seed be. Can you count the uh, grains of sand on the seashore? No, so shall thy seed be. Come on, somebody. A heavenly seed and a earthly seed. My God. So all of this should be coming together now. Should be coming together. All right? So that is the description of um what we see. We can we can take Solomon's reign and Solomon's temple. We can take um uh the millennial reign. Um all of those things. Uh, The best parts of those minus the death, the rebellion (laughs) uh, and the wickedness of men's heart and know what the new earth uh, will be like. Hopefully that uh, answered your question. And anybody else that have any other questions, you can please um, submit them and we will uh, go through and we will uh, cover them. All right. Revelation 22. Everybody ought to have your Bible. Revelation 22 verses one and two. John is now describing, continuing to describe the indescribable. He said, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of the lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there were the tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruits And yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. My God, you all remember when Adam and Eve sinned and there was a sword turning every which way? Uh, That was because that tree, they could actually have gone back in. If the sword didn't uh, block them, they could have went back to that tree and became healed. My God, but God blocked them. But now the tree is there. And uh, throughout this new city, we can see the sign of life. Everything is life giving. It's a stark difference to what we see uh, today. When we look around, our land is polluted. Our water is polluted. Our air is polluted. Many of them are, are cancerous. Uh, what a difference uh, from our uh, brothers and sisters in Flint um, that were forced to drink a uh, polluted water. Come on somebody, my God. And uh, the person that's responsible for it is being dealt with with kid hands, kid gloves. So it's a stark difference when you look around that city and we look around where we are now. Uh, all of those things, and the former things are passed away. Amen. We will have those glorified bodies, so we we won't have no need of food, water, healing, all of those things. But because it's the holy city, all of those things, as you behold it, it exudes life, even though we will have life in us Amen. We won't have the need of those natural things anymore. But when we look around, my God, that's all we'll see is life, happiness, health. Come on, somebody. Void of sickness, illness, disease, a stark contrast of what we see uh, here today. All right. What did Jesus tell the woman at the well? If you drink of this water. My God. Now, if you drink of that water, you're gonna thirst again. And it's possibly contaminated. But if you drink this water, you will never thirst again. We have we will have those glorified bodies, and we will never thirst again. All right. Verses three through five, and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the lamb shall be uh, in it and his servants shall serve him and they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads and there shall be no more uh, night there and there's no need uh, uh, need of a candle, neither light of the sun, why? For the Lord giveth, God giveth them light And they shall reign forever and ever. Amen. There will be no more curse. Amen. No more curse. Uh, That uh, first man, Adam, that plunged the whole human race into sin. Amen, somebody. Uh, But now we have the blessings of the second man, Adam, who came to take away the curse of sin and death. My God, and it says, "But the throne of God, even the Lamb, that's the way that should be interpreted." Uh, Let's look at that again. It says, "But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it." It it sounds like it's two. The proper interpretation should be, "But the throne of God, even the Lamb." Uh, Many times in the translations. Uh, they put an and in where they should have had even. All right. So I don't want nobody to get confused. There's only one throne from the, that's been consistent throughout Revelation. There's only one throne and one that sits on that throne. And his name is Jesus. My God. All right. Uh, even like uh, to give an example in Acts 9, Ananias when uh, Saul was sent there, blinded, to Damascus, and Jesus came to him, I said, I he told him, I, I want wanted you to go and and talk to Saul that he might receive his sight and be baptized. Uh, and I said, I heard about that man. He he he's a rough fella. <laughs> and uh, God told him that that's okay. I, I I got him, I got him arrested. He's under my control now. And Ananias, when he came in and laid his hands on Saul, he said, Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, you know, somebody has sent me that you might receive your sight and uh, be uh, was the baptized of the Holy Ghost. You can read it. It's in Acts nine. All right. So he said, the Lord, even Jesus, uh, one and the same. All right. So I don't want nobody to get confused by that. The proper interpretation should be god even the lamb all right we will have our glorified bodies uh we will be able to look upon him and not die come on somebody you remember moses said lord let me see your glory god told him listen moses you can't look upon me and live and we know what he did for moses he hid him in the cliff of the rock and said, you can see my hinder parts. Come on, somebody. As I go through, you can, you can see the, uh, uh, the shadow going past. But now, the Bible says, beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, we'll be able to look at him and live, because we're going to be like him. Come on, somebody. My God, um, he's the light. And we have that light uh, in in, our, in us that dwells in us right now. Amen. Uh, and certainly uh, he is going to be the light there. And we're going to uh, we merely reflect that light now, but we'll be part of that light. Come on, somebody. And we will be able to see him. Look upon him. My God and behold him and not die. When he shall appear, i on somebody, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. No more nighttime. Uh, some people even today are afraid of the dark. We all know uh, the likelihood of a crime goes up at night. Rapings, muggings, break-ins murders on somebody it's only in this last day that uh, more of those things are now happening in broad daylight you know a lot of times you hear uh, uh even the newscasters say this happened in broad daylight unusual but it now it's it's really not unusual uh but there will be no more night there Come on somebody you won't have to be afraid of the dark no need for a candle nor the sun all right, he will be the light of the world. And that light uh, that is that crystal, that new Jerusalem, that light is gonna be the same light that lights the new earth, all right? And he is the source of that light. And that um um Jasper and sardine stone, come on somebody. We will all be that source of light. I know somebody goes, every time you turn it, it's going to have a different reflection, a different angle. And that same light will emanate out of the new holy city down to the new earth. All right. And there will be no end to his kingdom. All right, Revelation 22, 6, and 7. What does it say? And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the saying of this prophecy and of this book. Numbers 23 and 19 says God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Come on somebody. God was not a man, but he became a man, but he was not the kind of man that lies. This prophecy that we're reading, just as sure as we're uh, sharing this word on the night, it is coming to pass, I wouldn't bet against it. His word is forever settled in heaven. These sayings are faithful and true. Come on, somebody. Uh, I'm showing you these things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Amen. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Amen. Now, in Revelation 1, we find out we're blessed if we read this prophecy. We're blessed if we hear this prophecy. And we're finding out here, that's the beginning of Revelation. We're finding here at the end of Revelation, we're blessed if we keep this prophecy. What did David say? The word have I hidden it in my heart. Come on somebody that's an emphatic I will not sin against God, my God, it will go you know you know some things you say it just goes against your grain it don't agree with me. come on somebody, my God, when you hide God's word in your heart his prophecy, come on somebody, it goes against the grain to go against it. It just don't sit well with you. Amen. Thy high word have I hidden it in my heart that I might not sin against God. Verses eight through 16. John gets so excited. He begins to worship uh, the angel. Come on somebody. My God. Look at the look what he says. He said, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then say he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of the brethren uh, the prophets and of the brethren the, the prophets And of them, which keep the sayings of this book, worship God, not me. Come on, somebody, my God. And he said unto me, seal not the sayings of this prophecy of this book for the time is at hand, John, the things that you see, don't seal them because now is the time they're at hand. All right. And he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. My God, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. We talked about how uh, you cannot walk with the devil. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. He said, behold, I come quickly. It won't be time to get it right. You will have to have it right. Blessed is he. Come on somebody that keep this prophecy. Amen. Stayed ready. And behold, I come quickly. Wait a minute. Um. Yes. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. What is he? He's alpha and omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. And blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have what? A right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates unto the city. For without our dogs, and sorcerers, and whoremongers and murderers, idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie are not going to make it in. I, Jesus, hath sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. My God. So the angel says, at that time, we're going to be fellow servants uh, with the angels. Come on, somebody. My God. We made a little lower than them on today. But at that time, we will have that glorified body. We will be able to soar. Come on, somebody. My God, with the angels. All right. He said, seal not the sayings of this prophecy of this book for the time is at hand. You all remember when we read in Daniel, I almost pulled the scripture reference, but we read in Daniel, you can look it up for yourself. He told Daniel, seal it up until the time of the end. Come on, somebody? My God, but he tells John, don't seal it for the time is at hand. And here we are, all of these things are being fulfilled. Amen. Every man according to his work is gonna be tried by fire. We talked about how God can destroy one and perfect another Come on, somebody. My God, and many are suffering loss because of that fire. My God, he is Jesus of the house of Jesse and of the root of David. Amen. My God, he is that lion of Judah, the bright and morning star. All right, look at this 17. We're gonna carry this verse all by itself. And the spirit and the bride say, come and let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. You all remember um, during the time of the feasts, they had six days of holy convocation, and on the seventh day, the table was spread with all kinds of meat and drink uh, for your refreshment. But Jesus said, "If a man thirsts, let him come unto me." Come on, somebody. He wasn't talking about the things of this world. Saints, we're living. This is Babylon that we're living in right now. He's all of all that is seen is temporal. All that is not seen is eternal. If you have a thirst, let him come unto me, and drink. Come on, somebody and I shall be as a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. My God. Rivers of water. Rivers of water springing up unto everlasting life. You can have the designation of pond, designation of stream, uh, designation of lake, but you never get a designation of river unless it has proven in a 100-year study it don't dry up. I shall be rivers, and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, multiple streams of life. Come on, somebody. My God, if a man thirsts, let him come unto me and remember what he told the woman at the well. I got water that if you drink this, you will never thirst again. Revelation eighteen nineteen. <clears throat> Why does Satan hate prophecy? Look what it says. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of this prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things. God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. My God. The devil hates prophecy because it talks about his doom Now, wait a minute. Let me get that straight. The devil hates true prophecy. Oh, he he got a whole lot of prophetic words he wants to say to you. But true prophecy, true prophecy speaks of his destruction and his ultimate doom and his final resting place, the lake of fire. You know, he ain't going to run around talking about no true prophecy. My God. So you have a whole lot of prophecy today. You know, everybody, wanna, everybody got a word. Everybody want to share. Everybody want to talk about what God said to them. I would be very leery of that because that's what the devil is using today. Come on, somebody. My God. We know this prophecy is blessed for us if we read it, if we hear it, we're blessed if we keep it. Come on somebody, my God. But it talks about the inevitable destruction of Satan, the beast, the false prophet, the false church, the woman that rides the beast. Uh, Don't get confused, we're talking about three. Satan, all right, the beast, And the woman that rides the beast, known as the false prophet or the false church. Just like you have Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you got Satan, the beast, and the woman. All right? Just as in the beginning. Come on, somebody. My God. We had Satan. And if we're talking about Babylon, we had the city, which was the governmental piece. And then we had the tower, which was the spiritual piece that was going to reach unto heaven. The same thing, same thing. Remember, uh, since the devil could not ascend into the seat of God and take his kingdom, but got kicked out. Now, he know God has the perfect plan. So what is he doing? He's doing the next best thing. He's counterfeiting everything. He tries to mimic God in everything, just as you have the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost—all three of my one. What do we got? Satan, the Beast, and the Woman—all they're the same thing. Remember somebody when He, Jesus, got up from uh, the grave and said, "All power in heaven and earth belongs unto Me." Well, what do we have? We have the revived Roman Empire resurrected. Come on, somebody. His deadly womb was healed. How can a deadly womb be healed? It's revived. It's the revived Roman empire. Come on, somebody. My God, we've gone through all of that. All right. Let's read verse 20 through 21. This ought to be the sentiment of every born-again believer. He said, he which testifieth these uh, things saith, surely I come quickly. And I want you to take note that is written in red. So who is that speaking? That's Jesus. That's the lamb. That's God. The one that sits on the throne. Amen, even so come. Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with with you all and let everybody say, amen. Come on somebody, my God. Tell that neighbor, say, neighbor, we made it. We made it, we finally made it through the book of Revelation, amen. Uh, I want you all to know, and you all can um, uh, look in your Bibles at the beginning uh, of Revelation. And I I was looking in the um, King James Version, and it started out with uh, this was the revelation of Jesus Christ. But if you look in Revelation 1, Uh, and just in, on the table that I was looking at, I was going to bring that Bible with me. It said the revelation of, um, St. John, um, what did it say? Uh, the revelation of St. John divine. (laughs) If your Bible says that this is a revelation of St. John, you need to cross it out. Come on somebody. Um, I went back to Revelation uh, 1, 1 through 3 and um, read it. It said, the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is not John's revelation. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. John is just a servant, just like you and I. My God. Uh, It would be be like uh, me coming to you saying, uh, uh, this revelation is of uh, uh, St. Avery divine. (laughs) No, we're just fellow servants. John is a fellow servant uh, with us, amen. And we certainly thank God this revelation, it only comes from God. So if you have that written in your Bible, cross it out. This revelation, this interpretation, it only comes from God. All right, things which must shortly come to pass and he sent and signified it by his angel. His angel gave it to his servant, John who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Tell that neighbor one more time, neighbor, we made it. We made it. My God, not only did we make it through uh, the book of Revelation, uh, but I believe everything in this prophecy is already done. Somebody, my God, a while to walk those streets that are paved with gold. Somebody have to operate those gates, uh, each a solid pearl all by itself. Somebody have to soar those different levels. My God, of the holy city amen and certainly we thank god uh he has brought us through um the book of revelation I, it was uh refreshing unto me it was a learning experience unto me this is not something that you know i had written down i had to study and search uh every week um uh, preparing for the next bible class i do have a, a document now i wish i can get somebody to uh, write the take it and write the book a word document two hundred and eighty nine pages one hundred and twenty six thousand one hundred and sixty eight words that I didn't even have at the beginning of this. God was giving me the pieces and giving me the resources, even bishops hermans bishop paddock bishop um Haywood uh putting it all together and going through and dissecting revelation. Uh, We started way back in March uh, at the beginning. Well, it was close to the beginning of the pandemic. This is something that I never would have had time to do unless the pandemic came. Everything happens for a reason. Yes, it does. My God. Uh, I had so much running in my day-to-day things uh, that God just brought all of that to an end. And I could sit and study and read the Bible. And certainly I thank God uh, that we were able to go. I knew this was something that I desired to do, wanted to do, and have a better understanding of it myself. Um, And God just amazed me by giving me the revelation and and not only understanding it, being able to explain it to others. Uh, So I I certainly thank God uh, for that. And I know a lot of people, uh, they avoid revelation. They don't understand revelation. Uh, they haven't taken the time uh, to read it, to study it, to understand it. Uh, but I thank God. I thank God when we uh, ask him, when we ask him, he will give unto us. Amen. Abundantly. Amen. And there's a couple of things that I want to Uh, go over before we end on tonight and uh, our president, uh, President Biden, will be giving uh, his um, speech on tonight, his first one. And uh, I know we're all uh, excited and want to see what that's all about. At least we ought to be involved. If you weren't involved, you need to be involved now as never before. Amen. Because... The things of, the, of this book, Revelation, we see it happening uh, and it's transpiring right through our own government. Amen. Amen. And we see that from the very beginning. From the very beginning, way back in Genesis with Nimrod, they had a governmental piece, a city and a tower that was going to reach unto heaven. Those two are still working together. My God, amen, and that's why the devil don't want you to know prophecy. A lot of people are not, won't read Revelation, won't study Revelation, say it's confusing, stay away from it, because the devil don't want you to know it. It talks of his demise, his doom. Come on, somebody. It reveals his plan because that false church is going to be performing miracles and gathering people by the miracles, but that don't mean it's of God. Come on, somebody! My God! So we have to be wise, and we got to understand and know what's happening and what's going on. And I thank God for what He has revealed unto us in this book. Amen. Now remember, it's called the false church, the false prophet. All right. So the real message is lost. That's all it's about is, you know, getting money, getting riches, having possession, living for the here and now. So the message of salvation is gone. My God. But I'm so glad God has revealed unto us the true church. And the true plan of God. Now I want to talk a little bit about this Babylon uh, that we're living in. Um, this is the last beast empire that will be destroyed. That's going to defy God and it's going to end in rebellion. Now remember, the most talked about city in the Bible, other than Jerusalem, is what? We covered this. Babylon. Babylon. Isaiah talked about it. Jeremiah talked about it. Ezekiel talked about it. And what did they say? Get out of Babylon. Get out of Babylon. And matter of fact, uh, at that particular time of those, those writings, it was during the time Assyria was the empire that was uh, oppressing Israel. But their writing, talking about get out of Babylon, they didn't say get out of. Uh, Assyria, get out of Babylon. Now just remember what Babylon is. That's anything that attempts to exist without God. If you're attempting to build a city and a tower that reach heaven, oh we don't need God, we'll do it all by ourselves, it's Babylon. Come on somebody, a home without prayer is Babylon. A marriage without God is Babylon. Every situation that's void of God is a Babylon. Come on, somebody. My God. Started back there in Genesis. All right. And it will end. It will end with this last beast empire. This one world government. This uh, deep state. This... New world order, there's so many names that people are, are, are using, but this is the last Babylon and the Bible is warning us to get out of it. Amen, get out of it, amen. Just as the rebellion was in, back in Nimrod's empire, uh, Solomon's, the millennial, well actually this Babylon, then the millennial, they all ended the millennial reign all ended in rebellion. And what are we living in right now? A rebellious people. A rebellious people. I on somebody, we've politicized everything. Everybody's taken a side. You can't tell me to wear no mask. I on somebody, even vaccines, have become a political issue. Many people listen, um uh this is a a, a, a science, uh medical science issue, and, and we've never um been splitting hairs when it comes down to public health, but because of the rebellious minded individuals. Individuals have taken the first shot and decided, you know, I ain't going to get the second shot. The demand for the vaccine has waned. Nah, I don't think I'm going to get the get the shot at all. Do you all know what's going on over in India? Well, the bodies are being lined up and this India variant. It could reach the United States. I keep saying if we don't kill it. (laughs) It's gonna kill you. So India has found itself in the fight of their life. Same thing in um, Brazil. A lot of beautiful people are dying. They don't even—they're running out of oxygen. They don't have enough supplies. They don't have enough vaccines. And here we are. We don't want the vaccine. So, uh, United States have become the house divided against itself. It's going to end in rebellion. That's what we're dealing in right now. People are going to march at the state capitol. You know, they're going to tell Governor uh, Whitmer, you know, we're not going to wear no masks no more. Who organizes stuff like that? Uh, that, that 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 needs to be exposed. What idiot you know would tell you to just walk around unprotected, and these are the same people that says you're not going to uh, uh, uh violate my second Amendment right. I have a right to bear arms to defend yourself. Well, the gun is a defense, the mask is a defense too. But because of the rebellious heart of men, they're going to say, well, you know, listen, I'll take this, but I don't want that. Come on, somebody. My God, we can't even agree on guns. Uh, I don't want nobody that's bipolar, carrying a gun, registering for a gun, owning a gun. Uh, I don't even want somebody that haven't been diagnosed, but just act bipolar, carrying one most of mine. we can't even agree on infrastructure our bridges and roads we don't want them to to fail and fall apart on us do we we got a spirit of rebellion that's running rampant in this country right now and it's going to bring America to its knees this empire is going to end in rebellion, as I, I keep saying. Uh, you know, one plus one equals two. Uh, you may argue it. You may not agree with it. Come on, somebody. You may rationalize and and, and uh, why it doesn't equal two, but it still equals two. One plus one is two. Come on, somebody. All mathematics. And we can't even agree on the facts. Come on somebody. People want to tell you that the Capitol riot didn't happen. Facts. Police being killed with Blue Lives Matter flag. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> that was Antifa. And it was black lives matter no i don't think so we keep looking at this video and that's all i see is a rebellious people trying to overthrow the government because they didn't agree with the election results i know somebody and it was just as plain as day facts You lost. My God. When Persia defeated Babylon, Daniel wrote to the people and said the same thing Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel said. Get out of Babylon. Do you all know 90% of the people stayed there? They got used to it. We we don't want a place with walls and confines and rules and and guidelines. We don't want that. So they stayed in Babylon. My God. And what is the message today? Get out of Babylon. You all remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Uh, It uh, vexed Lot's righteous spirit. So much so, he prayed and asked for help what to do. What did God do? He sent the angels in. And we know how that went, the encounter that they had. But the angels said, Lot, we're here to get you and your family out right now. No, we don't have time. <laughs> we can't destroy this place until we get you out. God knows how to save the righteous. Come on, somebody. The mystery of iniquity doth already work, and only he that letteth will let. God knows how to save the righteous. We're not going to go through the tribulation period. God is going to take us out of this place. But what did he say? Now, listen, when we leave here, I don't want you to look back. And Lot's wife, was tied, something she was looking back for. Listen, uh, saints, if this Babylon that we're living in don't vex your righteous spirit, you're tied to something that you shouldn't be tied to. Somebody said this world is not our home. We're to live, live uh, live in this world just as a loose garment. Come on, somebody. My God. Don't be conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't get attached to this Babylon. Get out. (laughs) We're in the world, but we are not of this world. This world is not our home. What's happening? Before our very eyes ought to vex your righteous spirit. Come on, somebody. And if your spirit is not vexed, you're hooked. You're hooked to this Babylon. Amen. Uh, Some other things that I want you all to uh, look out for. um, And that is uh, the message message. Uh, Satan has been able to blur the message to people don't even know what truth is no more. Time of deception. See that no man deceive you. People's minds are deceived. They don't even know what truth is anymore. I gave this in a sermon and I don't know if you all got it, but I'm going to regurgitate it uh, just a bit. So to make sure you understand, when Jesus said, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. When they had the money changers in the temple, he said, you have turned my father's house into a den of thieves. The message has been lost among somebody. The purpose is gone. Come on, somebody. My God. And it had been distorted for so long. Watch this. It had been distorted for so long that when Jesus came and and created the scourge and whipped them, threw them out, overturned their tables, and the sick came and he healed them, And the children began to to praise. That's what it was all about. Praise and worship, healing and deliverance. The priests said, what have you done? (laughs) My God, the message and the purpose of the house had been distorted so long that even the priests didn't know they were far off course and when Jesus came and restored back things back to the original intent of the house they they couldn't even recognize it it had been distorted so long Come on somebody my god till when it got back to where it should be they asked the question what have you done my god my god one of the things that and i'm going somewhere with this we're just kind of having a i I knew i was going to end early and i had some things that i wanted to talk to you all about that's been on my heart i talked about this uh mlk martin luther king celebration Uh, i think about that when um i think about jesus going overturning the tables in the temple uh you all have lost the message Martin Luther King, one celebration um, uh, here locally that I was asked to say prayer for one, one year, uh, I was getting uh, finished with the praying and I said, in the name of Jesus. And uh, I'm, I'm just now opening up my eyes and uh, guy looking in my face, he was offended by that name. And then I I said, well, you know, I got to come up with some more reasons to say, uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the uh, more I said, the more you offended, the more I'm glad. Come on, somebody. Uh, The homosexual now, you know, uh, he wants to, he's going to overcome. And now he wants to walk hand in hand. (laughs) We'll walk hand in hand. That distorts my message. When I think about Martin Luther King Day and what God used him to bring about, equal rights, you somebody? The right to vote, the right to go in stores and have a better life for myself and for my children, access to healthcare, uh, education, you somebody? My God. Those are the things uh, I think about when I'm talking about Martin Luther King and how God used him to advance the cause of black people. Now you got the homosexuals and the lesbians. Now listen, as I said, this ain't no message against them. God is against that. And I don't have to uh bully them, push them, kick them, you know, degrade them. I, I let God deal with that. But I don't want you under my umbrella. Talking about we shall overcome (laughs) and we'll walk hand in hand. You are distorting my message. You don't belong under my umbrella. Now, if you don't think I I know what I'm talking about, watch this. Now, uh, these guys that, you know, want to be women, when he gets ready to go and get a job, he'll take off that skirt And those stockings and the high heels and wipe off the makeup and take off his earrings and uh, comb his hair and uh, put on his uh, employment application, man, talk like a man, act like a man. (laughs) And then when 90 days are over and he gets into the union and you can't fire him, he'll show up. You say, oh, John, oh, no, it's Jane, (laughs) it's Jane. But if I'm gonna go apply for that job, I got to go in there with my big black self and be me. What am I gonna take off? <laughs> I'm trying to squeeze down this big nose and these thick lips. I'm gonna go in and whiteface. We ain't going to overcome and we ain't going to walk hand in hand. (laughs) I'm not going to let you blur my message. You distort my message. I'm going somewhere with this, y'all. And we have to be wise. We have to be wise. Um, One of the things I was talking about that's happening now If we're ever going to pass uh, the George Floyd uh, Justice Reform Act, everybody can't come up under the George Floyd umbrella. Every black person that gets shot in the street, don't go up under the George Floyd umbrella. We all saw that case. That was plain, open murder. Uh, We had a case in in Detroit. You all, uh, forgive me for not knowing the names and the dates, but you all probably, if you know, been keeping up with things, you know who I'm talking about. Young man that shot, had a gun and and got off two shots before uh, the police shot and killed him. Now his mother wants justice for her son. And she wants the Black Lives Matter to come out in March. Now we got a, a, a Kim Worthy a prosecuting attorney, uh, Chief Craig, uh, black people, uh, head of police. We saw the video. This young man, he's shooting at the police and loses his life and his mother wants justice for her son. You're blurring the message. I can't. I can't bring you up under that umbrella. Talked about the 13-year-old that was running down the alley with a gun, running from the police, and lost his life. Now I'm the first one to admit. Um, I said, you know, there could be a a reason, but I I wanted accountability. I know anything uh, can happen nowadays. I I had one case of me personally, uh, parents, their kids came up missing. And I was very critical of parents. You know, your kids come up missing. They came up missing in the middle of the night, and um I don't know what happened to him uh and i and I'm looking at him and I'm like you know i I'm just not gonna believe your story until it happened to me. <laughs> I had little Avery the Fourth was in his bed sleeping now, Avery knows that uh I go out the back sliding glass door. I'm usually working in the yard. I'm I'm around the house. I'm working in the back on the deck. Now he's sleeping in his bed. And I'm out in the yard working and I'm keeping an eye on the sliding glass door because I know if he wakes up, he's going to be looking for me. Well, at that time I was living right directly behind my parents and my mother called me And I was having a conversation with her, but I'm looking at the sliding glass door, looking at the sliding glass door. um, Till finally, my neighbor, two doors down, comes walking through the backyard with Avery in his arms. He's still got his pajamas on. (laughs) This little rascal... Out of all the times he see me going out the sliding glass door, he gets up out of bed and walks out the front door of the house and down the street looking for me. (laughs) My God, can you imagine that changed my whole, you know, I don't believe parents. I'm not believing that story. If Avery would have came up missing, I would have been one of those parents. He was in bed, and next thing I know, he was gone. So what am I saying? There might be a good reason. I don't know what it is. It's possible that your 13-year-old was running down the alley with a gun in his hand. I haven't heard the reason, but we can't slip that up under the George Floyd... Uh, Umbrella will never be effective in our message for justice reform. You all saw the case in, um, I don't know where that was, but the young lady with the knife in her hand. We all saw the police when he pulled up on the scene. There was no time for no de-escalation he had split decision uh to make uh you know what can a taser be used all of this stuff and you know um uh as a matter of fact i know for a fact police officers are trained an individual with a knife can be as close as six feet away from you and still be a threat i mean and you got a gun in your hand you have to be very careful this young lady had her the knife in her hand ready to stab this other young lady. And the officer uses deadly force. Now, I'm not, you know, condoning. I, I feel sorry for any parent that lose uh, their child to violence. Now, they interview the, the lady, the mother, who whose child was killed. But I wonder if they would interview the mother of the child that was about to be stabbed. I I, I want to hear from her. Then you got people, you know, even some of the officials, you know, they want to slide that up under the George Floyd. No. you can't do that that's a different situation we will never be effective in our messaging if we try to slide everybody under the george floyd justice reform it it, it just it's not going to work because our adversary those that don't want justice reform they want to talk about you know the young lady with the knife. They didn't want to talk about the 13-year-old with the gun. So we had to be very careful. And I, and I, I thank God because, uh, you know, we've had the other case with a young man that was the officer uh, that had the taser. She thought she had her taser. She hollered taser, but she shot the man and killed him. I can see. That Falling up under justice the George Floyd Justice Reform Act, this case that's in North Carolina now man shot in the back of the head, trying to flee the police. You don't deserve to be killed just because you're fleeing the police, especially when they're shooting their gun at you. I could see that falling up under the the George Floyd, just in what what's been shared, but this is what's this is what's happening. The message is getting so blurred now. And you got people that want to get up under your umbrella till it, it, you know, the cause is watered down and we'll never get nothing done. Hmm. My God. Uh, Saints, listen. There's a whole lot of stuff wanna fall and, and uh, up under holiness, being apostolic, being a child of God, being saved. Remember somebody I mean now people wanna smoke, they wanna drink, they wanna carouse, they wanna do what they wanna do, yet they want the blessings. And the benefits of serving God. They want to come up under your umbrella. Oh, we are all saints of the most high God. Lord have mercy upon us all. And, and, and thank God for that. But. People, you know. Things happen for a reason. One plus one equals two. People want to live sinful lives, yet they want the benefits and the blessings of God upon their lives. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. There's a reason for the hell that you're going through. There's a reason Things are falling apart in your world. There's a reason you're not uh, uh, realizing the blessings of God upon your life. The sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. You think you're going to fall up under the umbrella of the saints. But you've run right out of your blood covering. He said, I have you in the palm of my hand and no man can pluck you out, but you got people walking out of their own free will. Yet they still want the blessings of God upon their life. And I'm here to tell you, one plus one will always equal two. You can argue it, you may not believe it, You can rationalize why it's not, but it's still too. My God.